1: to this damn show damn it the napping through happy hour podcast brought to you by geekscape
0: real life real drama
1: real time i'm gary snooze
0: that's the the ad that's the end that's the (laughs) (laughs) ad.
4: Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. It's been a while since
5: we've recorded <laughs> as it has, it has been a while. I don't know about you guys, but we're seeing snow for the first time.
4: Hell sure. yeah. Ooh, been getting them. them. it's pretty dope. But you know what also has been fun is like hearing these episodes that we recorded like almost a month ago that I've completely forgotten about as they've <laughs> dropped on the feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, when we first got into doing this, I was sitting there wondering, like,
5: am I going to be that person that sits there and listens to themselves speak? And uh, yes, I am that person. <laughs> and I'm thoroughly enjoying the show. So if not for anything,
4: I'm getting a kick out of us. So I got to give a quick shout out. A frequent guest on our show, Joe Farron. Joe! Was on Weakest Link. <laughs> <laughs> and- yeah, he
5: was he was on the weakest link. I unfortunately missed it, but it is available on Peacock and Hulu for you listeners who may have also missed it. And he got like should I spoil it or should I make people watch it? I have I have not seen it, so you're also spoiling it for me, but I'm I'm going to leave that decision up to you.
4: All right, I'm just going to say it. He got really far and got screwed by I would say being uh, sabotaged upon. What? He was he was the strongest link. Throughout the entire game, he only got two questions wrong the entire game. And then when it came down to the final three and it was time for people to vote, one person got all of their questions wrong. One person got two of their questions wrong and Joe had a perfect score. But when they went to vote for going to the finals, both of them voted off Joe Because they knew that neither one could beat Joe in the finals.
5: (laughs) Oh, so that doesn't make any sense. So I'm not, like, super familiar with the rules of The Weakest Link. Um, The most I know about it from the original incarnation is you are The Weakest Link Goodbye. and the, the special WWE F at the time celebrity appearances.
4: Yeah, so basically I was new to it as well, but I picked it up very quickly, is that it's a team of eight people and they do, like, Three minutes of rapid fire trivia. And then after each three minutes of rapid fire trivia, everyone on the team votes off one person who they consider the weakest link. And when you get voted off, you don't get any of the money. The only person who gets the money is the last person standing. So basically the person it came down to two people being like, if I go head to head with Joe, I'm not going to get any money. So let me vote Joe off and then it was just two mediocre players versus Joe. It was very devastating. All right, but so we're not here
5: to, to th- Hold on, they need to change the name of that show from weakest yeah. link to weakest link then strongest link.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, we're not here to talk about the weakest link. We're no. actually It's it's Valentine's Day, and there's no better way to celebrate Valentine's Day. Actually, I guess by the time this came out, Valentine's Day just happened. I don't know. I'm losing track of our release schedule. But anyway, we are joined by one of my good friends out in California. She is the star of Chasing Fletcher Allen. Heidi Cox!
3: Yay! (laughs) Hey! Woo! Hey! Heidi! (laughs) All right. How's it going?
4: Oh, it's going great. First Good. and foremost, a few things. We'll jump into to the movie you picked for us to watch while while you were sleeping. But before mm-hmm. we get into that, let's talk about this chasing Fletcher Allen thing that I've been hearing so much about for the last two years.
3: Oh, you're so nice. Have you not seen it, Matt? Do I still I haven't to... seen
4: it, no. I'm not, <gasps> I haven't. I, I couldn't go to any of the film festivals to see it, so I have yet oh, to see we, the movie. We'll,
3: we'll make sure we take care of that, make sure you get to see it. I'm so sorry. I didn't even know you were going to bring it up, or I would have gone ahead and sent you both a link to watch Aww. it, because it's, <laughs> it's like, it's I think it's 17 minutes, 18 minutes long. It's a short film about... The easiest way to explain it in in short would be it's about a woman who, like, she kind of goes through this journey of realizing that she's had everything she's ever needed all along. That's it.
5: Perfect. (laughs) And it happens around Christmas time, right?
3: Uh, It could (laughs) Good.
4: Up, up for interpretation.
3: It sure. could be
5: I mean, as
4: Christmassy as while you were sleeping, which uh, <laughs> starts starts at Christmas and then midway through is very much not a Christmas movie anymore. But it's still uh, it, well, very no, cute, it
3: is, though. I mean, it, while you were sleeping, does it goes through Christmas and New Year's, and then like it's almost like right after New Year's when it ends, so it's still. I still consider it a holiday film.
4: Which which we do have to bring up when we get to the end of this movie. But how yes. about before we discuss the movie while you were sleeping, you tell us a little bit about your personal history with this movie and why you chose it. You
3: know, I saw it when I was younger. Like, I think I must have been in middle school when I saw it. And I thought it was really funny. And as I got older, it was just, it became the staple. I'm going to use the full term romantic comedy because people say rom-com <laughs> all the time. It just became this staple romantic comedy that I would always go to even if I'd seen it a million times because I loved that she has some physical comedy in it but I just liked her character so much Sandra Bullock's character I liked that it was kind of there's a purity to it and the family is so freaking hilarious like so many things that I have written and filmed have been inspired by while you're sleeping and like comedic (laughs) timing of it and Yeah. I mean, even down to just Peter Gallagher laying in his hospital bed, singing the ABCs to himself. It's all so freaking funny to me. I love the whole thing. (laughs) I
4: think one of the things that I really, really liked about this movie when I was watching it is that, yes, it's a romantic comedy, but it's almost more of a romantic comedy about her love for that whole family than it is just about her love story with Bill Pullman. Like, I think that that's what really sets it apart from a lot of the other romantic comedies that we've seen in our lives, because like it really is just like, you know, usually it's a it's a one to one love story, but like that extra element of her not having a family Mm -hmm. and feeling so alone and feeling so loved and accepted by this family is just like a perfect like encapsulation of, you know, what we've talked about a million times already on this podcast, like. The holidays are so much about the people you spend it with more than the gifts that you get or Santa Claus or anything else. Mm-hmm. And and going from having nothing to finding this family that you're like, I just want to be around this family all the time. And they're just so good. You got a young Monica Keenan in there. That mm-hmm. always makes me excited. <laughs> but yeah, it, I. I mean, show my cards on the table. I don't know if it's one that I'll watch over and over again, but I definitely enjoyed this movie.
5: <laughs> I would agree. I don't think it's going to be one that I watch every year, but but I definitely agree with both of you. I think it's a, I think it's a great film as a whole. I want to go back to what you were saying, Matt, because you could honestly pull Jack out of this movie and it would <laughs> still be amazing. That's not me hating on Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman rules, and so does the character of Jack, but... When you guys say romantic comedy, it's like we almost we don't even get that like she has fallen for Jack until pretty much three quarters through the movie. Mm -hmm. I like that this this romantic comedy is different in that aspect because we don't see that a lot.
3: Yeah, I like that she's super awkward in the beginning. I'm probably identified with her. I I I get that. I'm sure do now.
4: You definitely encapsulate Sandra Bullock's character in this movie a lot in real life. It's charming. (laughs) It's why people like you so much.
3: Uh, They do. I hope they do. But I don't know. Thank you. That's really sweet. That's very nourishing. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, (laughs) I think you know maybe who knows like if we're gonna go psychological here my family was a bit chaotic and not in like a good way and this family is very warm and inviting and kind and she's lonely and I definitely at times have identified with that and then just the whole she thinks she's in love with Peter Gallagher's character it turns out that he's just the narcissist that leads her to her true loves and yeah I mean there's Peter Boyle's in it. I mean it's just there's so many amazing people in this film. So
4: there is there's it, a it's a great cast. It, and it I feel like no one really talks about it. Like I've always had, heard I of this too. movie but like <laughs> no one talks about it.
5: See I did, I had never even heard of it, Matt. Oh. When you text me
4: you're like we're going to watch
5: while you were sleeping. It's on Disney Plus and I'm like that sounds like a horror film. It's on Disney Plus.
4: <laughs> And then I was like,
5: and you're like we're going to watch it for Valentine's Day and then I looked it up. I watched the trailer and I'm like, no. And this is like this is peak Sandra Bullock.
3: Yeah, she I think she had done Speed already, but that was That sounds weird. She's she had done Speed, but she in, you know, She was in Speed already, so like people were just getting to know her, I think. And uh, yeah. so cute and so hilarious. And like all the little faces she makes and like, I can't do it without like showing you <laughs> where <laughs> we're on a podcast. So, but just that scene in the hospital where everyone just keeps interrupting her. And, and then he's like, well, she jumped on the tracks. You jumped on the tracks. And she's like, Ugh,
1: well, yeah, kinda.
3: <laughs> I did. I don't know, whatever. I'm weird, you know, and it's just really cute. She's lovable and you want her to find that love. And I actually love the, the parallel from the beginning where she talks about her father, that little tiny monologue voiceover monologue, at the beginning and the end where she talks about how her dad knew that he really loved her mom because her mom gave him a globe with a light in it. But he told her, yeah, your mother gave me the world, you know? And then later on, Jack gives her that snow globe of Venice. So in a way he kind of did the same thing. And in the scene, this is what I love about the filmmaking in the scene where he does it. She opens it up and I think it's behind her. Either he's standing in front of the globe or she's standing in front of us in the shot somewhere. And I'm like, ah, John Turtle Tub. Genius. I love it. It's cheesy, I know, but I like it. It's it's sweet. It's nice. There's-
4: uh, sorry, I'm looking up the director just because I was curious what he's been up to. I, oh,
5: I'm on the same page as you right yeah.
4: now. And, <laughs> and what, a, what a weird career of like three ninjas into cool runnings into while you were sleeping. Like those are all kind of make sense. What a trilogy. Yeah, but then you get into like, he's done two episodes of Exor- uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is like a phenomenal show.
3: And Peter's in that. But so. the last movie he did was The
4: Meg, that that giant the shark movie. Jason Statham
3: the <laughs> novel? That's awesome. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. I mean in this film, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's it's just really the timing of it's really funny. I mean, I wrote the the dinner scene with the family where it's like these mashed potatoes are so creamy. Like I could quote the whole thing, but <laughs> That whole scene, I did something similar in my web series because I thought it was so funny. You know, just the timing of it and the way that they're bouncing across the dinner table. Really and it smart.
4: looks like people who wrote it—they never wrote anything else. But oh. one of the, but one of the writers uh, appeared <laughs> appeared in the movie. Appeared in the movie Chopper, (laughs) Chicks, and and Zombie (laughs) Town,
5: which is a drama
4: film starring Billy Bob Thornton.
5: We always come
4: full circle here on Christmas 365.
5: (laughs) Yes, we do.
4: Also starring Martha Quinn. It's a a very bad but fun zombie movie. But yeah, so while you were sleeping, just like such a bizarre concept. I was thinking about that (laughs) because this is my second time watching it. I watched it during the pandemic once already just because I like when I discovered that you could do watch li- like you could put together a watch list on Disney Plus, I just spent a night going through their entire like TV show and movie archive. And if there was anything that I had never seen before, I threw it into into like one giant watch list and just started working my way through it while I was working from home. And I eventually got to while you were sleeping. And I was like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. So like when you yeah. picked it, I was like, Oh yeah, it's a Christmas movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch it every year. It just makes me happy. Yeah, I mean there's even what, Joe Jr., who's what's the actor's name? I, Joe name?
4: I can't remember the actor's name, but Joe oh, Jr. Yeah. to me steals the like he balances between being like a legitimate creepy stalker to so <laughs> charming and endearing in like mm-hmm. milliseconds. Yeah,
3: Michael Raspoli. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and most of the time he plays gangsters and stuff. So,
4: well, that's what yeah. I think makes him so f- makes that character so funny and likable is that mm-hmm. you can tell it's an actor who usually plays like a mobster, but mm-hmm. he's just like, he's just like the lovable dope. And you're like, this guy's <laughs> completely like when she catches him trying it on his, her shoes and stuff, you're like, <laughs> I shouldn't like this guy as much as I actually like this guy. Like he's clearly <laughs> got issues.
3: I slipped and my my foot just just went into the shoe, just went in. <laughs> oh my god! The feminist in me looks at it and kind of goes, "Okay, so stalking is not okay." This, you know, I I can kind of see where it could be problematic that that character is that way, but I still love him. You well, know, he has a like,
4: line where he's he's got the one girl and he's like, "Oh, huh? she's the prettiest girl in this apartment." And she's like, well, yeah. "What about me?" And he goes. You're the prettiest girl on floor six. <laughs>
3: but you are the prettiest girl on the fifth floor. Come Junior.
4: Oh, he's so sleazy.
3: I like the leaning part. You know, is this guy bothering you? Well, are you sure? Because it looks like he's leaning. And then he walks away and he's like, I know karate. <laughs> and he's trying to it's- fix a car with a hammer and stuff. It's just really <laughs> funny.
4: And I love, I love, I love, I love... That the godfather immediately sees through all of this, Mm
2: -hmm. but
4: like also wants to help. Like, he's just like, I just want to help. Like, he just sees, (laughs) he's like, he's so like their relationship of like being in on the secret together is like also really adorable. Uh, And I, I love that a big driving force is that she's afraid. To kill the grandmother with the information that it was alive.
3: Like
5: her One of the notes that I have down um, halfway through the movie was Jack Warden rules. And then at the very end of the movie, before everything's revealed, where Jack Warden, wh- wh- I can't remember his character's name in the movie. Uh, Saul. 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 Yes. When Saul <laughs> is supposed to explain what had happened and he didn't, I then wrote, God damn it, Jack Warden. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But so he does it on purpose too. Did you like I took yeah. me years of watching it to realize that he doesn't want to tell them cuz he just wants he loves her too and he thinks the family needs her and nobody's communicating very well in this family. That's the only thing. They're not communicating. There's lots of miscommunication and hiding information, but there's a lot of love. So, but yes, yeah, Saul Help. is the godfather, which is really funny cuz there's a little joke in there about it too cuz she says, "Don't you have to be Catholic to be a godfather?" And, He's like, I donated to bingo night at the Catholic Church, and so they let me be the godfather even though I'm Jewish or something like that. So
4: one of my notes, I didn't have a ton of notes because I was just kind of enjoying the world and being like, well, we'll see where the conversation takes us. But one of the few notes I wrote was, man, it would be wild if this movie just ended right with Sandra Bullock ruining their life at a (laughs) wedding and then just fade to (laughs) black.
5: (laughs) That would have been absolutely amazing. Because again, I I did... (laughs) So I was texting Matt during this movie and overall I enjoyed it, but I had some problems and that I think Matt, I think that would have solved all my problems. <laughs>
4: like if <it's> just like, <laughs> if she and she did. ruined their
5: lives. Yeah. Cause every time I'm like, this is not okay. This is not <laughs> an okay situation. She's out of her mind. At one point the hospital hands her his stuff and she takes it. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to yeah. take these
4: things. So, so the wildest thing for me is like, I literally stopped a binge watch of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend to watch this. And it felt like I just <laughs> had never stopped watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Because like everything she's doing in this movie feels like it's something Rachel Bloom would have written into one of the scripts of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend.
3: <laughs> but don't you think like in a way she's kind of next of kin and she was let in because she's the fiance to him they probably would hand her his stuff. But, but what, she's not but, the fiance. But she's not. That's my point. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But she, she's afraid of killing people. Plus, I don't really think, I mean, she is afraid that grandma's going to have a heart attack. But I really think deep down, like her actual motivation is to be part of the family. So, of course, she goes along with it as, quote, uncomfortable as it is for her. At least she's not lonely so it kind of makes sense you got to suspend the disbelief a little bit but you know I the, mean,
4: what, what good romantic comedy doesn't force you to have to suspend disbelief oh i had suspended <laughs> i had suspended
5: my disbelief real hard because in the beginning now mind you that the last movie matt and i watched for this podcast was last christmas so i texted him <laughs> during the train <laughs> part and I said, is the twist that they got absolutely annihilated
4: by the train?
3: <laughs> yeah, is it really a rom-com then, you know, if that's the twist? Oh, if, you know? yeah,
4: if it doesn't have something yeah. completely bonkers, it's not a good enough romantic comedy for me. Like, that's the thing I've learned in the so I've learned two things over the last holiday season between binging like a ton of Christmas romantic comedies and binging a ton of like Christmas hallmark slash Netflix original movies. And like for me, <laughs> what I've concluded is like if they don't have a completely bonkers twist, or if the stakes don't exist, then is it even really a true Christmas movie that you're
3: watching? That's a good point. That's a really <laughs> like, good point. Yeah. Like it I needs agree.
4: one of those two things. It I can't, I can't deal. I think that's why I've like slowly gotten less and less invested in like christmas horror movies is like i don't need high stakes when i'm watching these movies i need either <laughs> low stakes i need low stakes and a feeling that everything is going to work out the, and the <laughs> like,
3: you know what's really interesting is that it is a christmas movie because it takes place during christmas and i think the reason is to kind of heighten the loneliness that someone might feel but the release date is april 21st 1995 so it was maybe released would- in the spring
4: Maybe they were hoping that it would get to home video just in time for that uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, high rental period.
3: (laughs) I don't think that they advertise it as a Christmas movie, but I like to think of it as such.
4: There's, There's plenty. We talked about this very recently on the show, but there's so many things that have nothing to do with Christmas. But as far as like our personal memories with it, it becomes mm-hmm. a Christmas tradition yeah. or a Christmas mm-hmm. movie or, or what have you. So I, I think that that's the literally that, that logic is what's going to keep this podcast oh, running yeah. smoothly through the summer. Is That's
5: what Christmas <laughs> means to you. That's what Christmas means to you. I, we can't control that. Like I hate the argument, the diehard argument. If it's a Christmas movie to you, it's a Christmas movie. If it's not a Christmas movie to you, it's not a Christmas movie to you. Like, I mean, we make that up. Again, Matt just said, we talked about this very recently. To me, I watch 30 Rock around Christmas. It's set in New York. For some reason, it reminds me of Christmas because of the time of year. And you know what? It has nothing to do with
4: Christmas except, (laughs) like, a few episodes. And we'll get a whole episode dedicated to the Die Hard thing because my – I'm my argument. I'll, I'll give a, a quick sneak peek on my argument. My argument is that Die Hard Two is more of a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, I do not deny that. I do not deny that.
3: Either. <laughs> I haven't seen
4: that one. Die Hard Two. He's trapped in an airport trying to get home for Christmas, and the whole okay. time they're like. They're like fighting on jet skis, and there's a ton of snow. <laughs> it just it feels more Christmassy the whole time.
3: Jet skis are snowmobiles. Are they fighting snowmobiles? snowmobiles? Jet skis. Oh
4: whatever. My God. They're all the I same see. thing.
3: <laughs> That's funny though. I'm just trying yeah, to picture it. What is it. a jet
4: awesome. ski but a non snow snowmobile? It's just like, a, it's just
5: a a snowmobile is just a jet ski with well skis under it. And
3: yeah, frozen, exactly. Frozen water instead yeah, there of. You go. Yeah, liquid water. Well, that
4: was, I got into an argument with someone this past holiday because I was listening to Do You Want to Build a Snowman from Frozen? And they're like, That's not a true Christmas song. And I said, It's got snowman in the title. <laughs> so, I mean, it is, a, it's such a, this isn't one where I'm going to watch it every single year, but it's also one that I'm going to make it a point to like get back into the rotation every couple of years. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. like a,
3: I would encourage you to, when you watch it again, just take note of this, like, the, Timing, the comedic timing and the writing, because it's so funny. And it I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's like funny in sort of a Princess Bride kind of way, except no, not no, quite I, so absurd it. it's yeah. well-timed
4: comedy, and it's actually very shocking to me that the people who wrote the screenplay never wrote anything else. Like that so interesting, seems weird. It? I think this movie did well. I don't think it was like a bomb. It did
3: fine. Yeah, it did fine. Yeah. I I wonder. If it was commissioned, like they were asked to write it, or if it was just something they had. It's possible they've written other things that just never were sold and maybe had been optioned but never used. But I didn't know that. I didn't go deep into the filmmakers. I just it's just a movie that I identify with that I watched all through college too. All of my friends in college we would watch it. Okay,
4: so I just pulled it up on Wiki. So the budget yeah. for this movie was was seventeen million, mm-hmm. but it brought in a hundred and eighty-two million at its box office run.
3: Okay. Yeah. So, I um, saw that. Was
5: completely shocked because, like it, I, like you said, you had heard of it but never seen it. I had never even heard of and
3: it. And it, it was proof, honestly, that I think that was the proof to studios and um, executives that she could carry a movie because she really was like in the trailers and stuff. If you notice, she's the lead. She's the person that's carrying it.
0: We're making an ad. Snapping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The (laughs) Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape.
0: Real life, real drama,
1: real time. I'm Gary Sinise.
2: You yeah, kind of is- see
3: Peter Gallagher. You sort of see Bill Pullman, but it's really a Sandra Bullock movie. And it's like the chick from Speed. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's so weird. I'm looking at this and it's it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. 80% positive reviews. It got an A on its cinema score. Roger Ebert loved it. It got a Golden Globe nomination. Mm-hmm. It was recognized by AFI for their like really 100 bad. years, 100 passions. So it is crazy that a movie that, in my eyes, has so many positive accolades that no one was like, hey, let's get us those guys who wrote... You were sleeping (laughs) to write another rom com because it seems like for their first and only script that sold, they really seem to knock it out of the park. So you'd think that there'd be more for them. So
5: while while we're talking about the script, because I did take a lot of notes, but it's just stuff that I enjoyed about like a quarter of the way through a move through the movie. A guy completely eats shit on a bike.
3: Oh my god, it's the best part.
5: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I'm dying because as, as I'm writing that, you go into the scene where they're in the Catholic church. Oh, I've so never great. seen a Catholic church better represented. I went to Catholic school for nine years. Perfect. Up, down, up, down, up, uh, down. And, and the
3: whole conversation too. How did so-and-so become a, what did he say? A lector. He takes marijuana. Amen. Like, <laughs> so great. The whole conversation is timed perfectly. Oh, uh, yeah. The, I forgot about the kid who eats shit. If you watch actually in the very beginning too, just when they're playing the Natalie. Uh, oh, what's her name?
4: Natalie Cole. Isn't Thank that you. Cole? Yeah. I don't know why oh, my yeah. brain
3: just shut down for a second. But when they're playing her song, you see like someone fall in the ice skating rink too. So like they oh. like the physical comedy in this.
5: Yeah. And it was good. It was really good. <laughs> Favorite ice cream, Baskin Robbins. That was That's- weird. That's not a flavor of ice cream.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, I think Dunkin' Donuts and um, Baskin Robbins must have sponsored that because if you notice, you see those labels, the labels in the film a couple times.
5: So. Yeah. No, I like that part because it caught me. I'm like, what? Wait. And then it got me thinking. I was like, was there like just a flavor? Did they? I know. I know I'm doing random stuff, but like we're not I don't want to go through the entire movie. So I'm just Can. laying out the funny comments that I wrote down. Maybe you it. can explain to me, I might have missed this part. How did she know he only had one testicle?
3: Okay, so remember the part where the orderly comes up to her and says, these are your husband thing- his husband's things. And she's like, he's not my husband. And then this guy goes, oh, you're Peter's fiance? I'm such, such and such, the, and I'm a partner at the, and he lists like whatever stupid.
4: Yeah, because he like, had the pencil out. in his pocket while and they were like, playing basketball. He's yeah. like,
3: after what happened, she's like, what? after the accident she's like accident he's like what did he say wasn't an accident i'm a lawyer i have a. I carry a pencil in my pocket it's what i do and then the and she's like okay and like the the elevator doors close so you kind of get a hint of that like later on when she explains that he's playing basketball and you know yeah
5: um, yeah for some reason that part missed it and i'm like was that was just really good guessing. That so so guessing.
4: Right. Oh, when they have to decide who goes to check and confirm. Oh, <laughs> my God.
3: God. <laughs> and they play that music. Da, 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 da. The, the music they
5: played over the testicle checking scene was more <laughs> tense than the music they played when the train was coming at them. <laughs> the music they played while the train was coming at them, as we have it written down, was oddly whimsical.
3: Yeah. Is this is a well, romantic this, moment.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so here's a big question. Here's the question to ask. Yeah. Peter Gallagher or Bill Pullman, not their characters, them as people, if you had to choose between the two, where you where you leaning?
3: I don't know much about them, though. I mean, I know Peter Gallagher, John Turtletop, you said he directed some episodes of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Peter Gallagher's in that show, and Peter Gallagher's a musical guy, and I'm a musical girl. Like, I've been in some musicals. I enjoy that, but I don't know. Like, oh, I'm going
4: Peter Gallagher. I,
3: they're <laughs> both very handsome. I like, I don't know much about their personalities though. So I,
5: I, I, I'm I'm going uh, Bill Pullman just because he makes me feel so wholesome. Because I like I automatically associate him with Casper. So
1: oh
3: yeah, he's really sweet. <laughs> he plays a lot of very sweet characters.
1: Yeah, though.
3: I don't know what he's like. I've never talked to anyone. Who's worked with him. I don't know what he's actually like.
4: So I'm sure he's great. I listen, I'm just saying, Peter Maybe Gallagher. That's why I've never he heard anything. Sandy Cohen from the OC. He was mm. fantastic in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. He's dreamy, he, <laughs> he's very dreamy. He plays-
3: he played Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls back in the early nineties, like on Broadway. He's perfect Sky Masterson. Yeah,
5: there's a there's I a lot I forgot that he was in Mr. Deeds.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: He's also was in Palm Springs this past year with Andy Sandberg. Are you That's in my right. favorite movie of the year? So sorry. Bill Pullman's got maybe two movies I care about. <laughs>
3: what independence day come on hello eh, he's like yeah. independence day
4: and independence day 2 <laughs> no it's casper and it's baseballs
3: there're just so many amazing veteran act stage actors in this film as well so and they're both both of them are stage they're i'd say they're more stage than film but I don't I don't want to say for sure but I feel like that's what they love the most and that's where they got their start And if
4: that kind of makes sense because in a weird way while you're sleeping I think what I really like about while you're sleeping is that it feels like a throwback to like a Cole Porter musical or like a screwball comedy of the 30s and 40s like it's got that mm-hmm. very mad cap Mistaken identity, trying to keep up with the lie type premise that (laughs) I just love in in all types of like that. I my favorite musical of all time is Anything Goes. And like if that's not kind of the plot line of Anything Goes, like it's just I love those. Like when you do something like this, like I think that that's where it works is that, yeah, everything she's doing is absolutely the wrong decision. But it's just got that right dash of wholesome whimsicalness to it mm-hmm. that you're just like, whatever, I'm along for the ride. This is great.
3: I well, like the what is it the part where she sits down with her cat to eat and her cat doesn't come to the table, so she takes an Oreo and dips it in the milk that she poured for her cat. It's just, you're like, oh, Lucy! <laughs> so, my, my favorite
5: character, and I feel like he didn't get a lot of play in the first half of the film, but I mean, comes in strong in the second half, and that's Jerry Wallace, his uh, her boss. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. my God. I'm sick. You're cheating on a vegetable.
4: Die. Die. <laughs> lost it. And I also love that he's so unfazed by the insanity of this. Like, he's just yeah. like, whatever. They'll just well, be happy. He's not dead. When you tell him the
3: truth. That's like, the thing that really got to me about him. Cause I feel like his character is kind of supposed to be us, like the audience answering questions, but he encourages her not to say anything because he says something like you may as well shoot grandma. I mean, when I told my <laughs> mother-in-law, I was going to marry my wife, her intestines exploded. Isn't that what he says? And it's Something like, like, that, yeah.
4: it's
3: just, like <laughs> just building the anxiety on, on poor Lucy. Well, he, and it,
4: his, his argument is like, he either dies <laughs> and then you can just keep the lie going or he comes out of the comb, and the family will be too happy to care. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. the, the stressful part is when he comes out and then they begin to convince Peter Gallagher, that he has amnesia, like that's yeah, what yeah. just like oh, this is right. too far. The first
3: time you, right? The first time you see it, you're like, oh, here we go. And that's what I love about the the movie too, is because in every point you think she's gonna get caught, fate seems to be turning a different direction. Even like when she goes to his apartment to feed the cat, and then Jack comes over, and you know the phone rings. And he's like, aren't you going to get it? And she's like, no, let the machine get it. And I'm here to feed the cat. He doesn't have a cat meow the cat comes around you <laughs> shout know shout out to she- that
5: cat though because that was a horrifying looking cat <laughs>
4: <laughs> when i love that you get this whole like Chekhov's gun is that message from the pet the old girlfriend mm-hmm. new fiance mm-hmm. it's like you know what i've changed my mind i will mm-hmm. take you up on that engagement you're like uh-oh <laughs> and then like it doesn't come up again for like a good half hour but you just know that that's like bubbling under the surface the whole time. They
3: talk about her in the beginning remember when they're out in the waiting room and everyone's staring at her and they're like tell us what you first thought of Peter when you saw him she's like I really love to smile and the dad's like they're caps (laughs) (laughs) 500 bucks a tooth or something like that and they talk about Ashley Bartlett bacon it's really I know it's kind of sad how well I know this movie but that's the woman's name (laughs) And then she calls and she goes, I can't believe you even called me back. You know what? I've been thinking, I will marry you. And she wants to get her cat by. It's like Ashley's cat and all this stuff. And the dad says something like, she's very high and mighty for someone named after breakfast meat. <laughs> you just has some of the best lines. Peter Boyle. Well, and, like,
4: I love that there's this whole like everyone is afraid of her. Like the doorman is afraid of her until he yeah. meets Andrew Boyle, and he's like, "Oh, she's not so bad." <laughs>
3: <laughs> because yeah, they they were told about Ashley, so it's just it. I like the the writing of that, like the way everything times out so well, and it just sort of twists to toward her favor. It's it's perfect. So
4: I like the idea that like you propose like. That it's fate. Fate is like making sure that she ends up where she needs to end up. I do have a problem with, and this has just always been me with any movies, is the fact that the end conclusion is that in about a week she goes from being obsessed with this one guy to ready to marry his brother (laughs) in (laughs) (laughs) in about 14 days which just seems fast by any stretch of the imagination for a relationship Joe.
5: well well that's i think about that matt she didn't know who peter was like she was obsessed with this person and she didn't know she got to meet jack
4: no i mean the basically she's still just ready to marry someone after 10 days which i just think is way too soon in any type of (laughs) relationship situation (laughs) So the man who hasn't dated anybody in
3: 15 years. is it is it ten days <laughs> we don't know we don't know it's <laughs> ten days did you notice though at the very end when he when he shows up with the family Peter is not there he's yeah. not there.
4: Yeah, they Um, abandoned him for her.
3: I don't (laughs) think... think (laughs) They 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 threw him on the train (laughs) tracks. They convinced him he had
4: amnesia and (laughs) then left him behind. They wanted to finish what God started and tossed him right on those train tracks again. Um, Yeah, no, uh, charming movie, loved it. Obviously, I'm imagining that this probably ranks high, but would you say is watching while you're sleeping your absolute favorite thing about the holiday season?
3: My absolute favorite thing? Yeah. Mm, I wouldn't say it's the number one thing, but it's up there. It's pretty close, you know? Do you know what the number one thing is? Probably spending time with my family, you know? Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> it's pretty good. It's <laughs> pretty cool. yeah, that's a good. Pretty Good answer. <laughs> but I, my mom loves this movie so much, too. So, you know, she and I can sit and watch it and, quote it. It depends on her mood. Sometimes she doesn't want me to quote it. and I can't help myself when I watch <laughs> the thing. But I love it. And Muppet Christmas Carol. I usually have to watch that like Christmas Eve or something. I can watch while you're sleeping anytime before Christmas through New Year's and still feel. Or you can even watch it now, Valentine's Day. I think that's the reason why you chose to talk about it, right? Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. perfect. So,
5: So Heidi, Matt, both of you, we have a tradition on this show. Matt, I think you know where I'm going with this next question. Oh yeah. Did you cry?
3: Did I cry? Of course I did. I've been watching I've been watching this movie for years. And I think the part where she confesses sometimes I cry. The part where he spoilers, the part where he proposes, I usually cry. Cause it's just it's kind of sweet. And I think especially during the times when I was feeling lonely, when I was feeling like I was i didn't know if i was ever gonna find my partner you know i'm very happily now in in a wonderful partnership before that though there were times i would watch it and i'd be like "Oh, i really wish that would happen to me you know someone would throw a ring into a you know a well, ticket he, a token. You, gotta,
4: you weren't jumping into enough train tracks to save people <laughs> and <then commit> <laughs> that they come on the day or your fiance that's you gotta yeah. you gotta really put in the work
3: you <laughs> know i mean and it, it's hard because this movie probably couldn't have been made in that premise Now, because there are no people taking tokens at the L in Chicago anymore. It's like all automated as far as I know. So, but this was before that was when people had tokens and you could get them from people. And now it's all like probably cards and stuff. But yeah. I love
4: that she made, she made Bill Pullman pay the token in order to propose (laughs) to her, which is. Very their banter,
3: tough. I like their banter. Their banter is very funny. And then, you know, I it seems like I remember the trailer. It's they would always show the the scene where they're sliding on the ice, which obviously is mostly like stunt people doing that bit. But it was always sort of the whenever I had seen trailers for it that was the the thing they used to sell it was how cute are they? I
4: feel like it set a precedent where if you are making a Christmas rom-com and people are slipping on ice, it is going in the trailer because like <laughs> them on the ice was definitely in the trailer for last Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, it's, it's so... I think that that's a go-to shot. It's just like, it sets a very specific mood where you're like, Oh, look at them.
3: <laughs> but they're so <laughs> funny. I love, I love that scene because they, it's of course adorable, but then when he falls down and rips his pants, And he says, do you have a pair of pants I can borrow? And she says, if you fit into my pants, I'll kill myself.
4: (laughs) It's the best. Dylan, I got to ask the question back to you. I mean, the answer for me is I actually, I didn't. I did feel a little choked up towards uh, when she makes the confession in the wedding scene. But uh, there was never a tear that broke through the eyeball. (laughs) Dylan, how about you? Um, I didn't
5: cry either. Uh, there were moments that I guess the best way to word this is that made my
4: heart flutter. I do a hiccup. But, I, yeah. That's, that's, like my sister, my sister always knows when like the tears are, are coming. Cause like, I'll do a. <gasps> <type noise>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, I got I to fight, yeah. <laughs> fight this back. I get it. <laughs> I get it. And then, that's like, sweet. if the scene changes quickly, then I'm like, okay, I'm in the clear. But if yeah. like they keep hitting the the beat that's hitting that, then it's just like, all right, I tried my best. Here it comes, and then like the tears <laughs> just start start flooding out. And I mean, there are multiple moments. Uh, honestly,
5: whenever Saul is interacting with anyone in the mm. family, you you just know how much he cares about this family. Honestly, when Peter proposed, <laughs> I was like, oh, because like. Hey- <laughs> He did kind of fall in love with her because he's like, well, oh, he's he's what he's like, I I know. But at the same time, it's like he's almost like, I'm going to get this second chance. And then it's revealed, well, he's not with the rest of the family. So we assume <laughs> he's either dead or
4: an asshole. And they kicked him to the curb. I do like that, like, he he proposes to her and like, you know, that it's not love and that he is this narcissist. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it also seems like. In the brief time that he's known her, he's like, You are better for me. Yeah. Than what I've that's, been. Like, that's what I was taking from it. Yeah, yeah which like, is a good
3: like, that's a good narcissist point of view. I mean, and my favorite line in that proposal is my family loves you, I might as well love you.
4: Yeah. That's- it's what every
5: girl longs to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At not- the same point, he's also <laughs> still convinced that he's he has amnesia. Selective amnesia, I
3: think it's so funny. It's so funny when he wakes up and dad does that. My god, he's got amnesia, (laughs) and they play the music, you know. But you know, that monologue she has where her boss says, Whom are we marrying? You know, that whole bit, and then she goes off about, You know, every day I go to work, I sit in a booth like a veal, you know, I don't have any stamps on my passport, and I'll raise like a what. I don't know what I was trying to say just then. Now a, a very rich, handsome man has proposed to me. I guess that makes me a crazy lunatic. And I actually really love that little monologue that she has because it really, it's like, that's what's kind of been bubbling under the surface the entire movie. It's like a little bit of a, you know, and I don't, know, Jonathan hates it when I say this, but like sometimes it might be harder for dudes maybe to like relate to the story because if you're a girl, you it's just kind of a different experience, and I don't mean that in a dismissive way. It's just women feel uh, certain ways about certain things, and like I definitely identify as like having been a lonely woman in a big city without my family before. And, but I'm sure like guys can find ways to identify as well. But maybe that's why neither of you cry. That's all I'm saying. You know, you don't get proposed to usually, either. So there's that thoughts. Did I offend you, and men? Men I got
4: feelings
5: you. too, lady. No, no <laughs> you, you did not offend us. As as I feel every week, Matt and I has to go. Have to go. Remember, this is coming from two white straight males. Uh, please do not harm us. We want, <laughs> like, we're open to the other perspective, but this is our perspective, and we apologize
4: for our thoughts. I feel but like we I do that on a weekly basis.
5: But it's also
4: but but the flip side is that it is also from two real hopeless romantic. Yes, uh, that's yes. true.
3: That is that true. Sad sack. Yes, <laughs> like,
4: very much true. Like, true.
3: I believe that. we're very in touch know, with our I feminine
4: was... side on the Christmas three sixty five podcast. Yes,
3: I love that. That's lovely.
4: So so as we wrap things up, Heidi, where can people go to not just follow the film festival releases? of Chasing Fletcher Allen, uh, which, you know, have crossed all the way over into other countries at this point. But yeah. also, where can they keep in touch with what you've got going on, what your future roles and projects are?
3: You know, I think my handle on most uh, social media is at Ms. MS uh, Heidi Cox. So I think even on Facebook, if you type that in, um, it should take you to my, my little page. So y'all can do that. I would love to get a follow. And uh, keep you updated. Sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes it's just very pandemic lockdown-y. But, you know, that's life, right?
5: <laughs> we're going to keep on pushing through.
4: All right. Well, Heidi, thank you so much. Clearly, we could talk for a whole nother two hours just about while you were sleeping. And just, you know, talking, talking life. It's always great to have someone on of your caliber. So thank you so much, Heidi.
3: Yes, thank oh, you for you- joining us, Heidi. You to flatter me. Thank you. And thank you for watching that film. I just I love it. And you know what, Matt? Next time I see you, we should watch it together and then you'll see how annoying I am when <laughs> I, I'll
4: I'll watch it a couple times so I know the quotes and I yeah. can quote along with you. That's yeah. the only true way to watch a movie like this. Is just <laughs> saying the quotes simultaneously with a good friend. Oh, uh, thank well, you
3: both for having me. This was really course. fun. Of course. Thank, thank you,
4: you so much, Heidi. And Dylan. Yeah, Matt. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Matt.
3: Escape network we're making
0: an ad napping yeah. ad this is where i think if we're doing it right alec baldwin comes in he says a couple things mm. he listens to the podcast every week yep. has he been canceled Was alec baldwin the one who killed somebody i
1: hear that gary sinise is free oh, okay great he
0: hasn't worked since 2020 <laughs>
1: So, um, yeah. what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The it. Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape.
0: Real life, real drama,
1: real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's, That's the ad. That's
0: the
2: ad.